Hello and welcome to the Find Your Flow radio show podcast. I'm your host, Winston Wittis, and I'm here today with a very special episode. Today's episode is on the shortness of life. And this is the title of a book that I just finished reading by Lucius Seneta. And that is a famous, he was a famous, I don't, you know, I'm not going to tell you that I know a lot about him, to be honest, because I don't. But I've heard the name Seneca. I know that he was a Stoic philosopher, at least I believe, without having done a whole lot of research. But I saw the title of the book. I was going through Kindle, and it came up in my feed as a recommended book for me. And that title resonated with me greatly because the shortness of life is something that I feel very familiar with for some reason. <laughs> and I feel like my mom did a lot. Uh, she's very not pre, um, what's the word? She was uh, very concerned about the end of life, the end times. So growing up, she, her mom was German and grew up in Germany in the same town, actually, small town in Germany uh, where Hitler grew up as well, as it turns out. And she saw him speaking when she was, you know, growing up and, um, you know, that whole... <laughs> She grew up during during those times, and my mom's dad. She doesn't know much about him because he uh, he died while she was very young. So he had been in the army, and he so she was a war bride. World War Two. They met. They got married, and she came back to the United States with him. And so they were homesteaders. Now I think it was his. I don't know. Unfortunately, I don't know much about any of this stuff, which is something that I want to learn more about. And uh, but she didn't know much, or she didn't share much, because her mom. She well, what she would always say is that her mom would never talk about any of it. Her mom was, you know, those are dark times. World War Two, um, Nazi Germany, not the best of times for humanity. So she would never talk about it. So my mom grew up not knowing a whole lot about any of it, and uh, her dad died when she was very young. He drowned in the swimming pool is um what what she said. So uh so she was, you know, upset about that of course, very young, and then um her mom, my Oma, as it's called in German, uh grandma, she remarried and her my mom's stepfather also died very young. Uh, in while she was young, so two deaths of parent figures while she was young. You know that's the kind of thing that could, yeah, certainly upset somebody and scare them about life and about the shortness of it. And so this fear of death was very strong for her, and she wanted to know what, you know, where do we go afterward? What is, you know, what's the afterlife? What's the thing that she should be doing in this life to prepare for that life and um and uh you know that's kind of like the big 
question I think a lot of people have is like, okay, well, who who should I be following? Who is going to promise me the best after afterlife? Or who's at least, you know, like the scariest and going to intimidate me into doing what they say? Or I'm going to at least give lip service and wear, you know, the right clothing or the right whatever so that I can be looked at as belonging and doing the right things. You know, I think there's a lot of um, interesting things that come out of it. My son yesterday, our oldest, seven now, said something. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> kids say the darndest things, don't they? So our neighbor was over. She's, you know, um, I think she's 12 now. And uh, they were playing. And she said something about Katy Perry and, you know, sad sad music of Katy Perry or something. And I was like, Katy Perry sings poppy music. It's not, it's not sad. Um, you know, and, uh, or like, she's not a sad person or something. I, and not like that. I know Katy Perry, but just like the message she portrays is not one that I consider to be sad. So I was like, where do you, you know, why are you saying that? She's like, oh, cause her outfits, <laughs> her outfits are so bad or something. <laughs> It's <laughs> like okay, okay, that's that's fine, I guess. And then, and then my son, and Bradley's like, he said something about, um, well, she, she's not, you know, the firstborn of of God and Jesus is, and so she's like not happy about that. Or he said something, and I was just like, what the heck? What did you just say? Where did that come from? And he's like, oh, you know. Because Jesus is God's first, you know, one and only or something like that. And I was just like, oh, goodness, here we go. And, um, you know, we don't take him to church. We don't. Uh, we used to, when he was young, take him to a place called the Unity Center. Uh, we used to go a lot. And um, great place run by Reverend Wendy Purcell. And uh, it's non-denominational. You know, it's like a church kind of, but non-denominational. And, um uh, she draws upon all different cultures and religions and shares things that are more just general spiritual guidelines, I guess is uh, kind of a good way to put it. And so he, you know, did get a fair amount of that. We stopped going when Ethan was born because, um, because it's just hectic with a little guy, but, we're, but uh, more and more, I'm feeling like I want to start going again. Okay. That's kind of part of the story because why? Because I feel like he's going to hear stuff anyway from other people and his his uh oma my mother-in-law has her own unique spin on things she is a messianic jew or a jew for jesus which means she's jewish and she believes that jesus is the savior okay so there's jews that believe jesus was you know not the savior even though he was saying certain things um, and, you know, of course, there's arguments about, you know, the Jews wanted Jesus killed and um, and so it's their fault and this and that. And a lot of people, uh, I think there's a lot of anger towards Jews because of that, that whole thing, right? Amongst other things, but that was a big one for a lot of people. And so um, the Messianic Jews believe that, like, yeah, he really was the, the Messiah. And so she, you know, takes him to, she goes to a Christian church now. She used to go to temple. She may still go to temple too. Um, she may do both. I don't, I think, I don't know if she's actually doing either very much right now. 
But I know that she has taken him to church a couple times. I've let her, you know, because uh, because it's like I want him to be exposed to these things. I want him to learn and be able to make up his own mind. And I also want to be able to make sure I'm giving him alternate points of view, right? I don't want it to be like my way or the highway or, you know, like I know best or any of that, right? I, I definitely want to be able to make his own choices. And yet I feel that there is a lot of danger in letting, you know, he's young and impressionable, right? And talking about cults and uh, these kind of things as we have at work a couple times, there's a show on Netflix about a cult that was a really um, brought over from India into the U.S. And the thing with, you know, cults is there there are very smart people that get taken into, oh, and, and so then there's also the People magazine cover that uh, is in our kitchen right now. Elena gets People magazine. I'm not a big fan. Um, but, you know, you see crazy headlines on these things. And one is like, my escape from Scientology. And like this head lady, big, big wig lady in Scientology escaped. And, you know, I, I haven't read the story, but I probably will because I find that so fascinating. Like my childhood, I kind of, I would say, you know, I don't want to offend people, right? This is So in this podcast, if you're kind of new, I'm, I feel like I'm constantly skirting the line of not wanting to offend people and yet still wanting to be honest with my own, with my own perspective, right? I'm not going to say like, I know the truth, although that's what was shoved down my throat growing up was the truth capitalized because that's what Jehovah's Witnesses believe is that they have the truth. And how long have you been in the truth? Oh, I've been in for five years. Oh, I've been in the truth, you know, since I was 13 or whatever, right? That's, that's the language because they have the truth. Now, for me, that's like some freaking BS, you know, even young, that would just rub me the wrong way. And I just felt like this is the most conceited, egotistical, egotistical is an important word, I think, with that, egotistical. Who says this is the truth? We do. Oh, in the Bible. The Bible says it. Well, you know what? That church across the street is saying that they have the truth and they're using the same Bible. Oh, well, we have this other, you know, and so you see all these factions and everybody's got the truth or their version of it, right? And so for me, that instantly says, well, that's not very impressive to me that we have all these different people pointing to the same book saying different things. Kind of not not very comforting, I guess would be a word. We're talking about the afterlife and forever or eternity and you know what happens after we leave this place and nobody can agree on what the truth is, but we're all but many people are pointing to similar things. So for me it's like okay, I'm not going to say that you know the Bible's wrong or that I don't believe it or anything like that. I'm just going to say I think uh I'm not going to I'm not going to uh dig my hole any deeper. That's all I'm going to not do. So anyway, the kiddo says this thing and it's like, okay, that's a, a very widely held belief system, at least here in the United States, I, I would believe. And I might be wrong, but I, I believe that that's a fairly, and you know, again, I'm not even saying clearly what he said, but it was, it was a belief that I hear and have heard from a lot of other people about God and Jesus and, you know, this whole kind of piece of the puzzle, if you will. And so my perspective is different, right? And I, on this podcast, want to try to balance my own perspective, which is not that a mainstream, I'll point out, with not wanting to 
be judgmental or um, antagonistic toward other people's belief systems, right? That's that's kind of the line I try to walk, right? I don't want to like say, hey, they're wrong and they're idiots because this, and you know, and I'm right because of this, or I have the truth and they don't because of this and this. That's definitely not what I'm trying to do, okay? And so it's kind of challenging because it's like, well, how do I, uh, you, you know, it's a fine line. How do I say what I'm feeling, right? But I do try to share, I guess, feelings sometimes in that way, but you can't talk about feelings with these kind of things because at least not public, we know like, Hey, you don't talk about religion. You don't talk about politics. You don't talk about, um, some other taboo things because it almost is sure to lead to a fight or hurt feelings. Right? So that's for me, the power of having this podcast is I can say things. Hopefully I'm not offending too many people, but even if I am, that, that person can choose to like, Hey, you know what? You're wrong. I'm leaving. We don't have to fight about it, right? We don't have to argue and have heated debates. We can disagree to disagree and you can move on or you can stay and see if maybe there's other parts that you do agree with or maybe you can see if I have any good reasoning. So one thing that is important too for me around this is that growing up with uh, in the in the dynamic that I did and my brother, um, you know, my mom being very Jehovah's Witness, so she was not Jehovah's Witness when my parents met. When they started dating, when they got married, she was not Jehovah's Witness. That happened shortly after I was born. She was home alone, taking care of me. Jehovah's Witnesses came to the door and offered salvation for, you know, dying and then being reborn or being uh, resurrected. Sorry, resurrected. And that's exactly what somebody who is scared of death could, could hope for. Right? She's terrified of death. She's been around it since she was young. She grew up with, you know, without her parent, without her dad, without her stepdad, because death, you know, took them very quickly. And so here's these folks that seem to have it together and they have the truth. And the truth is if you're good and you follow Jehovah's word, then you could be resurrected in a new world where everything is great and better than this world. Doesn't that sound nice? Does that sound like, gosh darn, yeah, that's what I want. I want to be back when the world is all fixed and better and shiny and new and all the animals are happy together and we don't have to kill each other and there's no shortness of food. And if you look at these magazines, the Watchtower, um, these things are freaking terrifying. They are freaking scary. You look at them and so the Watchtower is uh, a pamphlet that goes along with the Bible uh, that Jehovah's Witnesses use. And again, I'm not trying to, you know, target Jehovah's Witnesses, but this is my life. This is my life experience, and so, um, so I am. So I am because I, I was targeted, right? I guess it's, it's only fair. And, and because I want to let other people out there who may be in the, the same situation that I was growing up to know, hey, there are alternatives to what you may be brainwashing, being brainwashed with, or shove-fed, you know, force-fed, that that are not that you know there there are alternatives and maybe you're just grasping at straws like i was when i was young looking for those alternatives and you know it's kind of maybe hard to get outside of that now the internet uh you know is is everywhere and everything for us so access to this kind of information is better back then it wasn't a thing the internet wasn't even invented you know when i was a kid so it was like you just did these things and who did you have to talk to well the other kids at the church well they're brainwashed too, 
you know, <laughs> what do you do? And then for a while, my mom had figured out a way to uh, get us into a Jehovah's Witness school, which my dad did not know and was certainly not happy about when he figured that out. And um, that was freaking crazy, man. Uh, just, uh, yeah, so <clears throat> shortness of life. It goes by quick. Last night, but so reading this book, he says some really interesting things that caught my attention. And one of them was about how, you know, people in general are always trying to, they're looking forward to something. It's like, oh, I can't get here quick enough. And then uh, they get there and it's like, oh, why did it take so long? And meanwhile, they're missing all the time. And like, oh, but life is so short. Or they're working for somebody else their whole life and not ever taking the time for themselves. But even when they take the time for themselves, they're usually doing something else that is not really of themselves or for themselves. And I can't get too clear specific right now. I guess I'm getting short on time here. But I, But that kind of concept of like, you know, for me, again, this podcast is such a important practice, and I hadn't done it for a long time. And now that I've been doing it consistently, again, it's like it feels so freaking good to be so on purpose and sharing these messages because this is the kind of stuff I was thinking about last night. So last night was a, it was a very long night for me last night, and that's a beautiful thing. Normally, I would have been upset because I'm going through, um, you know, a, a kind of a transition right now in my personal life with. Um, just things that I'm trying to trying to figure out, I guess, and uh, things I'm certain habits I'm stopping um, to 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 work through time differently than I have been for a good portion of my life, right? And I've taken breaks to to get in different time spaces before, and uh, eventually, you know, I go back to um, medication that helps me deal with time in a different way, and. And I'm not, and so when I'm not taking the medication, which was last night, I, well, yesterday was, a, it was, um, I did jujitsu yesterday, two hours, and I had been fasting, which I do every morning, and I also took pre-workout and worked out beforehand, and then I went to train, and it was very, um, hot, <laughs> very hot, and I went with a really game opponent my first round, Adrian, tough dude, tough dude, four-stripe white belt, and, uh, you know, we just, it was supposed to be a light warm-up roll, and, the, you know, it just was pretty hardcore and intense for like 10 or 15 minutes, maybe more, and so I was pretty beat by the end of it, and then, you know, but I didn't want to stop, and so I went with other people. So basically, I just got worked for two hours is the moral of the story. Went home. I was exhausted. Haven't been that tired in forever, and um, and so so this idea of like, so I was kind of like sleepy and couldn't keep awake, and then uh, I, I was asleep by 7 o'clock on the couch, and then I woke up at 8 when I heard Elena putting Bradley to sleep, and went and said goodnight to him, then I went into the bedroom but then by that time you know I was tired but not sleepy anymore so I was so it was this kind of like almost this anxiety you know and I, I'll be honest friends I, I've had plenty of anxiety over over my whole life and sometimes you know it's harder than others and uh but last night it was it wasn't there it, it, it's been pretty good recently so that's been awesome 
Uh, and by good, I mean not there as much. <laughs> so anyway, I realized like, hey, this is like that balance point that he was kind of referring to in the book. It's like, oh, I want to hurry up and go to sleep so I can, you know, not have to deal with, so I cannot be laying here wide awake. And then I could be asleep. Well, what happens when I'm asleep? But then I'll wake up magically the next morning and it'll be the next morning I'll be ready to go. Where am I going to go? I'm going to go to work. Okay, well, right now it's still vacation, still Sunday night. And I'm laying in bed with some time to myself. And why am I trying to rush this? Aren't I always freaking out and anxious around time going by so fast? Like I feel like time is slipping by so fast and that's been something that has caused me tremendous anxiety. It's like I'm working super hard and fast to try to get all these things done, these pieces in place before I die and, you know, try to leave this stuff behind for my kids and my family and whoever else can get value from it. And I feel like I'm racing against the clock and so short on time. But then yet, it's like here I am in this moment where I would normally be trying to rush to sleep because I felt tired for a moment and or not for a moment, you know, just tired. And um, and yet, and that's where like the anxiety would come in normally. It's like this being in limbo state of I'm tired and I have work tomorrow, so I should go to sleep. But I'm not actually tired. I'm not tired enough to sleep. I'm just tired to be laying here. And that it was just like, holy jeez, this is this is it. This is exactly what he's talking about. I'm trying to rush to go do something where I'm gonna go work tomorrow all day and the rest of the week. Only so I could be trying to rush through that so I could get back to the weekend where I can, you know, be so anxious about the upcoming next week that I'm missing out on the fun of my weekend, you know, it's like insanity. It's insanity. And um it was just like, no, I'm going to, this is going to be a long night and I'm in for the long haul. And if I don't sleep at all tonight, then I'm not going to sleep tonight. And then tomorrow will be a really long day, won't it? Yes, it will. Cause I'll be tired and cranky and, uh, and it will be super long and that's okay. Cause that's what I want. I'm trying to stretch out time now. How do I, how do I make time longer? Oh, I do things that are slightly less desirable, right? <laughs> Which is like, so so stoic, I think, and not that I'm an expert on stoicism at all. It's relatively new to me as a as a philosophy and concept. I mean, I've heard of it for sure and read a little bit about it, but as like, and, and I think there's a part of that I just am, you know, that's just kind of part of my nature. But being more conscious of it and reading this has been quite um, eye opening. I read it in just a couple of days. It's a pretty short, easy read. So. On the shortness of life, Lucius Seneca, and uh, worth reading if you're into that kind of thing, and or if you're not, and you don't know, but if you think life seems short, or you're worried about it, put some things in a neat perspective for me, I'd highly recommend it. So there you go, friends. Live life. It is short. It goes by quick. Enjoy it. And until next time, be flowing.